Hey there everyone! My name's Jack Packard, I am a semi-professional video game enjoyer. And I am Nick Landra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist and husk of a man that was once here, but is now not because of the showcase. So sad. <laughs> this week on the games we've been playing, we have a space sci-fi deck-building game. We have uh, The Last of Us talk, and we have... Uh, what else have you been playing? Also The Last of Us. Oh, oh no. Oh yes, it's one of those episodes. Get ready for hot takes. Hot takes. And in the news, we're talking about the PlayStation 5 reveal event. And also, The Escapist Show will now be airing on Sundays instead of Fridays. Boom, we've moved to Sundays. So warm up that coffee, snuggle up next to whomever you like to snuggle up with. Hello and welcome. This is The Escapist Show. So Nick, um, I'm going to start off this week with what I've been playing. Oh boy. So excited for the latest weird indie game. It is a weird indie game. I don't know if it's new or not. Actually, I forgot to look up when it came out. Uh, it was recommended to me as I am a big fan of deck building games. The game is called Deep Sky Derelicts. It's relatively recent. Oh, okay. Well, you know. You know more about it than I do. That's uh, all I know about it. Oh, well, <laughs> more than I know. It is a, a turn-based uh, team deck building game. And so unlike uh, a normal deck builder where you're just kind of building one deck as you play, you have multiple characters who are each building their own deck, mm -hmm. um, which is really fun and interesting. They actually have a really unique way of building your deck where you have like weapon slots and armor slots and you can switch out your equipment and then each piece of equipment has either like a general power-up or a couple cards that you can add to your deck. It's constantly min-maxing, you know, like, ooh, this module gives me some really neat cards, but it also gives me some cards that I don't think I'll ever use and I don't want them to clog up my hand. So like, is it good to put in there? Is it bad? Ooh, this power will work really great with uh, this other teammate's powers. And so it's, it's for those of us who are into slowly building up powers for characters, it's super neat. Uh, it's also turn-based, uh, you know, everyone gets kind of like an initiative, so, you know, sometimes your whole team will go first, sometimes it'll alternate who goes first, uh, and you have cards that can affect uh, your initiative. It's, oh, it's super fun. Super fun game. Cool. Overall, I'm having a really great time. Uh, the art style is slightly off-putting to me. Uh, it's, it's kind of this mix between uh, Steam World Heist and Darkest Dungeon. And some of it's really neat, like their monsters are really good looking, but some of it's kind of ugly looking, as far as my personal taste is concerned. We actually just got a review copy in our inbox for a game called Deck of Ashes, oh. which is a card building game inspired by Slay the Spire. Ooh, I do like me some Slay the Spire. So like overall, uh, if, if you look at like kind of the immediate and the overall of the game, the immediate is really solid. Every combat encounter is really great. You slowly build up your characters, your synergies between characters. I know like I was plowing through enemies because basically uh, I had a, a medic, a leader, and a, a tank character. 
and I was crafting all of my decks basically to overpower my tank character. So my other two characters were just there to buff the tank and then the tank would slice through everyone and it was very satisfying to kind of build your perfect scenario. All the, the combat's really great. Uh, it has this unique system of uh, energy usage where you use energy both to explore the derelict ships and in combat and there's supposed to be some tension in there as to not wanting to run out of energy but I never even came close so I don't know if I was playing really well or playing on too easy of a setting but then you get to the overall of the game and it really falls apart for me uh you're you're kind of on this mission to find the mothership it's supposed to be like a mystery as to why there's all these derelicts out there but i ended up not really caring because the combat became very repetitive sounds about right for a deck building game you know i haven't i haven't played any of those but i did download or i bought uh thronebreaker a witcher tale mm, okay. on the switch yeah and I, and I have an interest in trying that one out but and I haven't played that one. The, to me, uh, an immediate goal is is really important, or you know, a seeable goal. Like Slay of the Spire, gives you kind of a branching path, and you know you're going to end up at a boss battle all the time, right? And so, like, you're always working towards that boss battle, and you have a goal in sight, and that's really important. For Deep Sky Derelicts, it's kind of this vague solve the mystery thing. And because the combat got so repetitive, I ended up not caring about the mystery. Well, yeah, if the core gameplay loop isn't good, you're not going to stick with it. It's The core gameplay loop is very solid. It just, the, the ramp up isn't there. You know, it's like yeah. that secondary loop. Pacing. Yeah, ooh, pacing. Yeah, very, the pacing was a little off. Though, what I will say is, for those of us who are really into deck building, I would still recommend it. I think I got like six to eight hours out of it solid six to eight hours so if you can find it on sale i still kind of recommend it <laughs> if that means anything to those of us who are super into deck building games like the three of us <laughs> i mean i think it's just you but sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I liked a lot of it i i think about it a lot but then i think about playing it and i just say nah i'm good <laughs> i liked it but i don't want to play it <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I liked it, but now I'm done with it. If that if that means anything. Yep. So Nick, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I've been playing sleep a lot because you know showcase is taking up a lot of my time. But I've heard that's a pretty difficult game. It, you know, it kind of is. <laughs> but uh, now I've uh, taken a little bit of break from going through my backlog. I'm, I'm still work, still working through Gears Tactics because I can only handle a couple missions at a time mm -hmm. before I gotta like take a break and go on. Uh, and then I'm still working through the Banner Saga because I keep falling asleep with it. Just give up. Just give it up, no, man. I, I really like it. I just play it at a bad time after I'm done working. Uh, but I, I have gone back to replay The Last of Us with Lost of mm. Us 2 coming out next week. Sure. And it's still one of my favorite games ever. And I was actually thinking about before we recorded this, I was like, because I thought about our conversation when we were streaming the other day and I was thinking like, you know, what what is it about The Last of Us that I really enjoy? Yeah. Because there is such a like a debate around is it, is it really as good as it is? Right. Which I hear you and Yahtzee are going to debate soon. We're working on that. But for me, I think my preference in games sometimes is not to just play a game, but to have an experience. Sure. 
And I think The Last of Us does that very well, and for a few key reasons. Like, the, now that I'm going back to it and like thinking about what we talked about, like, yeah, the core gameplay is, you know, basic stealth, move, kill. That's it. There's nothing really amazing about it. But I think what's amazing about The Last of Us is, is really its atmosphere and its pacing and storytelling and the way it makes you feel like you're really going through a journey. And a lot of games don't do that very well. And that all comes down to having correct pacing. So I have also, last week, been playing The Last of Us. And, you know, to be honest, last time I played Last of Us, I got a couple hours in and turned it off and knew it wasn't it wasn't for me. I, I knew it in the so first couple of hours. you never finished it? Or you... I never, uh, well, I have now. I, I, so okay, I, you finished it. So very recently, last week, in fact, I, I played through the entire Last of Us. Two, and I finished it, and I finished the little DLC thing. Um, because it's like, okay, I should know more about this. I should give it a real chance. And it's shocking to me that you mention its pacing as a good thing. Because, uh, like, I can admit, like, I'm not as harsh on it as I once was. Uh, the gameplay is fairly standard, even a little mediocre. Uh, the story is well-worn territory, a surrogate daughter. We've heard that a million, million times. And, you know, the story and the gameplay live in separate houses. And the space in between is un. Bearable. It takes so long to get to the good story bits. And you know what? There is some, there's some fantastic performances. There is uh, some really good character moments. But it's after an hour of walking around and doing nothing. The pacing is one of the biggest problems for me. If th they could cut five hours out of this game, no one would notice. But then it would just be combat, 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 and not... Uh just soaking in the, the atmosphere of the game and the world they designed. But it's it's not... The, okay, here's the sections you cut out. You cut out every section in which you need to, like, find a ladder to climb up. I hated those sections. I don't know, but that's that's pacing, though. It's like giving... So you have... You slow have your, pacing. It's it, slow it's, pacing. It is slow, but, like, the entire game feels like that, though. The game just... Like, its world feels slow. Like, nothing's happening in the world because it's dead. I think that I think that's fair. Like it's just it's a problem. <laughs> you know, finding those quiet moments with the characters and listening to the dialogue between them when you're going and doing these activities builds up more of the the story behind everything. Yeah, I mean like, you know, finding an arbitrary ladder to get up to the ladder area, whatever. Like, you know, I, I understand like I think you want more creative gameplay parts. I think there's more creative puzzles they could have done with that stuff. If I need to do another section where I have to find the pallet so Ellie can cross a piece of water, <laughs> uh, I was ready to crack that disc right in half because that happens so many times. Find the ladder, find the plank of wood to fall to to walk over. Mm -hmm. It's reused delay tactics. It was so frustrating. Where and and like I said the. Uh, the story, while well-worn territory, wasn't bad. It was it was fine. I, I actually even liked some of the character moments. But let me have those without all of the BS moments, without all the BS gameplay stall tactics. I just I just don't see it as BS. Like I don't remember spending that much time for looking for ladders, so maybe you just couldn't find them. But. <laughs> What do you mean not find? They were right next. They were always right next to where the find the ladder space was. They, then how, did, no they take, how did it take you so long to do it? Because it happens eighty times. Eh. It doesn't need to. You could you can have 
you know, like the dialogue happen as you're walking up to the next zombie fight area. That's fine. That that's that's pacing and gameplay. That's fine. There were there were many BS sections. Maybe. I, I guess it just I guess that stuff just doesn't bother me as much. Like I know I know this channel is gonna side with you and Yahtzee on that stuff because mm-hmm. they don't like the, the filler stuff to me. Like it, it still doesn't really annoy me now because I know where the stuff is. I don't remember it annoying me back then. And, and also, like, when that game came out, like, when it's 2020, that came out in 2013. So I would have been, like, 14 years old. So I was probably a lot more immersed than you were in that. Uh, but as far as, like, those segments go, like, those longer segments just made the action feel all that much more heightened. It's the longer you're waiting, that tension's building up over time, and you finally hit those big moments, and it's like, dang. But see, and and then again, it starts it starts breaking down for me because the uh, again the action sections are mediocre at best. You you can see them coming a mile away, like you know when you're coming up to like an arena area. So you know oh, there's yeah. that part of your head it's that goes, oh okay, design. down the street there is a little fight area, and uh, no, the the zombie AI is very very bad. Uh, and what difficult did you play on? Normal. And did you turn up like so? The way to play that game, if you really want the really oh, good experience, no, no, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for for you to say I played it wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> now I'm not saying you played it wrong. I'm saying there's another way to play it where you can turn off all the HUD elements. You don't have to have that stupid ghost vision and everything. And the game is so much better that way because you have to think a lot harder about how stealth works. Then that's how the game makers should have set the default. I I agree with that. So, but they also made it accessible for a wider audience. Right. But right. those options were there and that and those just turning off those I played my first playthrough without those on. Sure. And that heightened my experience way above. I'm sure if I played without those on, I'd have probably the same complaints as you. And see, to to me then that's that is a that is a, a problem with the game is the developers don't trust their audience. You could have you could have had like an easy mode where you get your Batman detective vision and you get you know little cues your your HUD elements for everything. Well, they do have that, right? But but that's on that's on standard. That's on standard difficulty. Yeah, well, you can turn those off, options off on standard, and then there's the grounded difficulty, which is like a one hit kill. Right, but that's not the default. But it doesn't have to be because it's, it's accessibility. No, no, no. Accessibility is the option, but the default is how the game makers intend you to play the game. Fine. So, but it's and also so, it's also a mainstream. It's not like a hardcore game. It's a mainstream cinematic sure. narrative adventure. And so, and so, basically, what what you are advocating here is that in order to enjoy the game for the fullest, I need to before I play the game do research into how to play the game. Mm, no, I'm just saying like that. Because how else would you... I know? Like how else would I know about those settings? Well, if you played the game seven years ago, they pretty much they marketed heavily. <laughs> you're forgetting you're forgetting that we're we're seven years past this game coming out now on accessibility. No, this is and a bullshit argument. This is a bullshit argument because no. and anytime you say in order to enjoy it the fullest, you need to go to an outside source. That means the original thing isn't as good as it could be. Bullshit. You can only enjoy this movie if you've read the novelization first. Yeah, that's that, argument. That, that's an apples to oranges argument. You just said, well, if you would, if you would have watched the advertising uh, things, you would have known that these options were there. But or they could have told me in the game. Don't they tell you in the tutorial that you probably didn't read? Uh, no, I don't believe they told me. I don't believe they told me. I played it. 
on the standard thing, how they intended, that's the intended settings. I don't know. We're, we both cover games for a living. We know how to research this stuff. If you want to take it from the un- uninformed consumer angle, that's on you. I, I'm taking it, I, I'm taking it from the angle of, oh, the, the, a game, a piece of media should have all the information I need self-contained. That's it. I t- that's how I read my books, that's how I watch my movies, that's how I play my video games, and if they fail me, that is a failure, I find. And, like I said, it, it doesn't really matter because combat is, even, even if I turn those off, combat is simple and repetitive. You throw a thing, distract the thing, stab him in the neck. You throw a thing, distract the thing, stab it in the neck. Every single yeah. time. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. But so, we'll, go, we'll go back to our, our stream then. I don't know what changes you would want. And I think that people people say these arguments all the time that the gameplay is too simple, but they don't know what they actually want. Just like right, Yahtzee says. I got it. I got it. I figured it out. I figured okay. out how to fix it, Nick. So here, the title of this episode is Jack Fixes the Last of Us. You're welcome, everyone. Here's how you fix The Last of Us. You tie its gameplay in with the story. Because right now, the gameplay and the story almost have nothing to do with each other. If, if you were to boil down the story of The Last of Us, it's really about uh, Joel and Ellie and this kind of like surrogate daughter relationship, right? Joel opening his heart up again after so many years of closing it off, right? Mm-hmm. That's, kind of, that's the basic story. Or, you know, the themes or how, whatever arty farty bullshit. So you would start off very similarly where Ellie is more just, you know, kind of like an AI companion. But you significantly reduce her health and you program the zombies to really go after her, right? You make the player hate having to cart Ellie around. All right? Like, you, you make it so the zombies go after her, maybe like her because she's infected but not a carrier makes the zombies more attracted to her, right? You make her a chore to cart around, just like how Joel thinks she's a chore. Then you have that scene where like Joel gives her the gun much earlier in the game, and here's where it comes out. I, see, I can see two possibilities here. Either you can have the player swap between Joel and Ellie, and, and have them do like cool missions together where like you have to maneuver Ellie in a certain place so she can distract a zombie, then Joel can get to point B, or you have her more like quiet from Metal Gear Solid 5 where you can just kind of tell her where to post up. Like how quiet is, you can like tell her where her sniper points are, right? Mm-hmm. As an assist. Now, so- now wait, 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 I'm not done, I'm not done. Cause, so here's where, here's where it gets beautiful, right? Then Joel, you can't level up Joel at all, but you can level up Ellie's powers. So then as you play the game and as you power up Ellie, the player goes from not liking to have to cart her around to then relying on her as a partner, therefore reinforcing that relationship within the gameplay. So the player starts to really value Ellie as a partner. Gameplay, story, it's all one. You're welcome, I've fixed it. I think you're uh, you're overestimating the power of AI. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you said you wanted her to feel like a chore 
to be, but I just don't think in, in a gameplay sense that would end up being fun for the player. If they're having to micromanage an AI character that's always getting themselves in trouble. It wouldn't that I, I get the concept yeah. of it. I get the concept of it, but I don't think in practicality it's gonna work how you'd think it would. You know And I'm sure and I'm sure they tried tweaking. something like that. But I mean like what you know, there's So the the point the point a lot, is a lot of times when games have AI companions, people get annoyed as hell with them because they don't <laughs> do what they want them to do. Well, that's why I kind of like the the swap in between them. The character can choose who they want to play as. But what the point here is is this is a scenario in which you can marry story and gameplay, which is what the game it, it completely ignores. The story yeah, and gameplay in, are in two separate corners. In theory, in theory, yes. Right. Uh, and, but and I mean, so, like the game, the game kind of does do that though. When you give control of Ellie and she can't shoot a bow as hard as Joel. And, yeah, but that's that's a walled off Ellie section. That, that that's yeah. no, that's not a relationship building, and that's pretty near the end of the game. Yeah, but I mean, I, your your idea sounds good on paper, but implementing mm. something like that and actually having it work and not be immediately frustrating the point that you want to put down the game because I can see you turn it around and be like this is annoying I'm not playing this anymore I, and oh I absolutely could do that and th- and that's where kind of that like that's where that trust comes into play With, I, and I feel like the developers don't trust its players and that's why they made it such a mediocre game I feel like they're not challenging their players I, f- I basically I feel like the developers are insulting my intelligence as yeah a but it's, it's, a, it's a broad mainstream appeal game it's it's designed to look pretty. It's designed to sound good. It's designed to have basic gameplay so that the largest possible audience can play. You're just giving excuses as to why it's mediocre. So then I win. It's not an excuse. It's just how it's. That's who it's designed for. The, the, the Uncharted games are designed the same way. Like almost every mainstream exclusive game is designed that way. Mm. Even Spider-Man was designed that way. It focuses too much on the non-game aspects for my personal taste. Um, and while I do think that some of the character elements, some of the story elements are very good, they're also incredibly well-worn. We have all read that book, watched that movie where the tough guy with the heart of gold really does have the heart of gold at the end. It's not a surprise anymore. If anyone was surprised that Joel decided to stick with Ellie, then you gotta read more. Because it's in every, it's literally in every story. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was just, it was it was done well. It was a, it was tropes done well. And for Some me, of it like was. The Last of Us or uh, Dead Stranding or, or whatever, like a lot of Sony's exclusives now have become experiences. Like I think even you know, I don't know if you played God of War, but I think you, I bet you even think God of War was in that that area of being uh, too focused on cinematics and story over gameplay. I, uh, yes, but I also thought a lot of the God of War gameplay was incredibly, incredibly good. I yeah. wish, uh, my personal wish was that they would have gotten the story done within five hours and then let us explore the world. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, but that's where Sony's strong suit is now, though, is there's cinematic narrative adventures that have these huge production values gameplay that works and is functional and looks good and that's about it like i want sony to get back into innovative gameplay and they were doing that for a while with their exclusives but that's a whole other topic but I, but i am more surprised that you you did find some to enjoy out of the last of us and you know what i was surprised too i was surprised too i've been i've been pretty hard against the last of us and there were a few good nuggets in there more than i was initially thinking now that i've played through the whole thing um, not enough for me to actually like or recommend the game, 
but there's something in there. Uh, I've, I have a feeling that The Last of Us 2 is going to go further down the narrative path, uh, which uh, to me, I, I think is a big problem. Oh, but. They, already, they already showed quite a bit more advanced gameplay mechanics. And we talked about the stealth is a bit more advanced and everything. It's not gonna be, I don't think, it's not gonna be your cup of tea at all. It's gonna be my cup of tea. I like those games, but. Yeah. 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 I guess we'll find out next week. So the 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 first thing we're going to talk about here is the Escapist Indie Showcase. I'm just going to talk about some games that I saw that I'm excited about. There were so many games though that uh, you know how do you how do you choose? We're just choosing a couple here. <laughs> it's kind of funny watching the the comments on that. People are like, "This is going too fast," and I'm like, there, "See, every every other showcase though, like it's too slow. Move on, move on." So that's like our thing was like, "All right." We know, we know. You just want to see gameplay. We know you want to see trailers, the dev diaries, and that's it. So we're just gonna do that. <laughs> see here, uh, this I know this probably wasn't like the most exciting one, but uh, uh, D leveled looks like a game that I that's going to be my go to before bed game. I thought that yep. looked so cool. Yep, they sent us that one, and I was like, uh, they sent us like a pretty wide range of games, so mm-hmm. we only had to pick a few out of that. And, D-leveled, I was like, people are going to like that. Oh, just like... <laughs> it's so simple. Simple, fun little puzzler. That looks super fun. Uh, El, El Hijo or El Hijo? El Hijo. El Hijo. Uh, I am a sucker for like using little kid weapons in big fights. And so like because you are a little kid using a slingshot against people with guns, sold. Uh, Garden Story is a game that I've been following the development on on social media, so I'm really excited to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Helheim Hassel. Yep. Adorable, like, platforming, puzzle-solving, adventure game fun where you use your dismembered body parts to walk around the world. Come on. Who's, who's not happy about that? <laughs> Right. Uh, Jack Move. Just because it's got your name in it, right? One, because it's got my name in it, and two, because it looks like uh, a callback to old school, like turn based JRPGs. Super fun. I think Keylocker would have been right up your alley, too. That was the cyberpunk one with music. It was a world without music. You know what? I actually didn't get a good sense of the gameplay from the trailer. Oh, uh, it's, a, it's a full on turn based RPG. With like guitar hero elements, but you know what? Actually, yeah, a little a little thing I noticed both with the Escapist Indie Showcase and with the PS5 reveal is uh, so much cyberpunk. Oh yeah, it's it's the new it's the new fad. That is the new thing, and I'll tell you what we got we got to ease off. Anyone who's currently developing a cyberpunk game, if you're not too deep into it, just see if you can dial it back a little bit. We got a lot of cyberpunk happening. I didn't, I didn't even realize like how much cyberpunk stuff was in there until I was watching it live with the rest of everybody else. I'm like, oh, there is a lot of that. <laughs> it's a fun aesthetic to work with, though. There's like a lot you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quantum League looked interesting. I did tell you that you were going to be interested in that one. Uh, it looked interesting, though I will be honest, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, but you don't until you play it. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I, like, I, what, what I'm assuming is that, like, you have a life, and then when you die or when they die, you replay it, and your first life then goes on its own, AI yep. style, and then yep. you go on a second one. So I could see some really cool tactics happening there where like, you purposefully just send out a life 
flanking to the left and then you flank to the right and like create a fun little a fun little tactical scenario but i i really want to see some gameplay for it yep it's out now in early access so go try it boom quantum league uh so uh the the big con it looked adorable looked really fun love the art style love the aesthetic mm-hmm. wave break which is tony hawk and uh and jet skis <laughs> hmm. super yep. silly times man great good good step Ooh, the rift breaker oh really i didn't think you'd be interested in that one you know there is a part of me that digs that like base building go out and explore thing and it's a it's a tricky balance because sometimes you can feel like you're stuck and right. sometimes it it locks in and that looks like my kind of thing where it's a little bit like tower defensey base buildy and a little bit go and explore an alien world so we'll mm-hmm. see oh uh, on to the end yes is a game that i've definitely been following uh that sort of pay attention combat oh i love pay attention combat yep i've been following that game since before it was ever really even revealed yeah uh, it was first time it was revealed i think it was like almost two e3s ago at, at xbox's game conference so that, that's been in development for a while and it's just like until they explain the combat to you it kind of looks like a you know normal side scroller and then they show you the combat <laughs> and it's like it's really in depth yes. it's really impressive yes it will have a hands-on demo that the post show Ooh, very exciting which people have already seen by the time this airs <laughs> Uh, yeah, Unto the End was definitely one that I wanted to really get in the showcase. That was actually one of the first ones we reached out to. Um, Art of Rally looks awesome. Oh, yeah, that one looks super fun. Yep, that was a last-minute edition. I've been following that one on Twitter for a long time, and every time I see a GIF of it, I was like, I, I need I need to know more. It's like it's like drifting in Mario Kart, only it's a race. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even like Mario Kart. It's actually like a physics-based racer right and you play it from it's a top-down perspective game though which the trailer doesn't really show you mm-hmm. but it, uh it's got beautiful art style really I just, excited to I play just that meant the drifting the drifting like in mario kart that, no. that's my only connection <laughs> the, Mar- the drifting of mario kart is very realistic this one's all based on physics it looks like it's fun is what i'm trying to say there you go that's a better way to say it <laughs> Uh, Windbound, I'm really excited to play that. Uh, we have a longer interview going up on the website for that this week, and it's uh, it's actually, I think they described it as kind of like a roguelite, mm, okay. which you might be interested in. So the world's procedurally generated each time. It looks like Zelda, it looks like Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker had a baby with, but the way they described it to me is like um, those start mixed with like Wind Waker is what they described it as. Just from the trailer alone, it's incredibly Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Oh, actually, you know, no, you know what? Actually, it was it was uh, it was Sail Forth that really felt like just Wind Waker because that's the one where they were shooting pirates. Yep. Um. So like to me, that was like, and and I loved sailing in Wind Waker, uh, and so I was really excited about that. It actually, as I was watching the Escapist Indie Showcase, it reminded me of a, a game I wanted to look into, a game that I backed on Kickstarter seemingly like five years ago. And I was like, oh, I should make a mental note to check in on that Kickstarter game. I hope it hasn't gone dead. But then during the PS5 showcase, there it is, Little Devil Inside. Oh, so you knew about that game too. I'm a backer. I, I backed it on Kickstarter ages ago because it also uh, promised a very kind of explore 
um, Wind Waker-esque kind of thing. And I know they've they've pivoted a little bit, but I have... Uh, I, I'm so excited that they're still working on it. It looks gorgeous. Little Devil Inside. And, and it's so funny because I was like, oh, I wonder what's happening to the game. And then there it is. <laughs> yep, I was trying to get that one in our showcase, and they never responded. Now I know why. Uh... <laughs> I had actually interviewed them before their Kickstarter even happened, because they were posting gifts on Twitter a long time ago. And, sure. Uh, so I interviewed them, and they are like, yeah, we're going to Kickstarter. I was like, oh, that's going to get funded. Don't even worry oh, about yeah. it. <laughs> but to see it now, I was like, holy shit, they must have got a big publishing deal somewhere, because that team making that was very small, and that game looks pretty incredible to be honest you know there, there's a bunch of kickstarters that often kind of you know teeter off uh, i know this is one that every every couple of years i check back in and they yep. still working on it obviously it still looks great uh, i'll still get uh, you know i'll still get my game because <laughs> I, I backed it so I'm, I'm excited to see it but this has been they've been making this game for five plus years at this point yeah yeah it well it, back then it was an ambitious game so now i mean putting on an extra hardware i never expected that mm-hmm Never in a million years I would expect that to be in the PlayStation 5 reveal event. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now that we're talking about the PS5 reveal event, I think it's time to uh, check in on our bet. Because I believe I kicked your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so as a recap, I got Gran Turismo 7 right. Mm -hmm. I got Horizon Zero Dawn 2 right. Though, though to be fair, I want to say even in the episode, I said Horizon Zero Dawn 2 didn't count because we already knew it was happening fine i still got it right fuck you no no you you still <laughs> and, win you still absolutely win <laughs> and i got the spider-man sequel reveal right which i didn't we, i think you thought i was way off on i didn't it was only i didn't think we were gonna get a spider-man sequel uh this uh this close yeah i had a feeling it would happen just because like that's a huge mainstream name to launch your console with like i don't think you can Ooh. pass up that opportunity though like insomniac making ratchet and clank too surprised the hell out of me right like, whoa wait Sony making that investment in that studio was a smart play. As uh, as someone who uh, also reads comic books, uh, I've I've read Miles Morales Spider-Man, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, loved his story, loved uh, Into the Spider-Verse, uh, even liked Miles's character in the first PS4 Spider-Man game. I'm super excited uh, that we're getting a a, a Spider-Man game centered around Miles, as he has. Uh, for those who don't know. Miles Morales Spider-Man, uh, or Ultimate Spider-Man, depending on who you're listening to, uh, has a different power set than regular Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, uh, where he can turn invisible, he can stun people. Uh, in fact, for a while in the comics, he didn't even have web shooters. He had, he had to wait several, several issues before he even got his <laughs> web shooter. So I really hope... Uh, they up the stealth, they give him some different powers. Like, I hope it's not just like a reskin. I, I hope they really give him his own thing. It looked different in the trailer. I know. Oh, and I'm so excited. So excited for more Spider-Man. I don't think I voiced it in that episode, but I had a feeling they were going to go with Miles for the sequel in the back of my head for quite a while. Perfect. Perfect thing. It, it'll be a fresh new game. Yeah. My final prediction was the console reveal, which happened. So I'll count that as one whole one, just to be nice to you. <laughs> you got the console reveal. Uh, I I, I kind of was with you on that one. Obviously, that was your official prediction. Mm -hmm. uh, can we just talk about kind of how ugly it is? <laughs> can we talk about I, don't, I don't know whether to call it ugly. I just like <laughs> it's intra. It's a very Japanese designed console. 
And then I was I was also sending like in our Slack chat when they were revealing it, and I was like, just from the all that weird CGI they were doing, I was like, I'm gonna laugh my ass off if it's if it's also a tower. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tower. Yeah. After the after the thing, you can see it on its side, but it's actually got like it looks like it has a platform to sit on, so it can be. Well, that's probably that's probably an airflow issue. They want to oh, make yeah. sure that you know it's sucking it, which is fine. But oh, I'm I'm a big fan of. Uh, kind of simple, you know, brutalist designs. I am actually a big fan of the Xbox Series X, just kind of the standard black tower. And here we have these like white, uh, dare I call them vaginal waves. Uh, <laughs> what? White labial <laughs> waves. Why does that come to your mind? I calls them like I see them. You, you just have these white, you, because you have white waves on the outside, uh, very, very labial, uh, and uh, if you say so, <laughs> that was not the first thing that I thought of. <laughs> no, you know it wasn't the first. Actually, it reminds me a lot. Here in Milwaukee, our uh, our art museum has a a thing called the Calatrava, which is also like white wavy things. It looks it's supposed to look like a, a boat's sail, and when they're closed, it reminded me of that. Just wavy white things, and I don't much care for it. I don't much care for the look. These these consoles can look however they want, as long as they don't sound like fucking jet engines. Because <laughs> that's what both of my, my PS4 and my Series X, I mean my Xbox One X sound like as jet engines when I'm playing on them. It's really true. I've been streaming Bloodborne recently, and I have my PS4 literally like on my desk right next to me, and it's like... Yeah. yeah. I'm afraid to play games on it sometimes. I literally think it's going to burst in the flames. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, the design looks fine to me as long as it's got good airflow. They could have made it a triangle. You know, I would have preferred a triangle. I, I think it looks <laughs> ugly. No, I, I really, actually, I really like the PS4 design look. Just, you know, very clean, very simple. But, you know, everyone's different. Everyone yeah. likes different things. Uh, this is just my personal take. I I saw uh, some social media reactions uh, com- uh, comparing it to, like, the Dyson hand dryer thing. And I thought that was very <laughs> so apt. So the, the Xbox is a fridge. <laughs> and that's a Dyson hand dryer. <laughs> and right. I'll take the fridge. I'll take the fridge. I, I, I would take the fridge, but I don't know how it's going to fit in my entertainment console. I'm going to have to set it next to my TV now. <laughs> But uh, let's get back to the games. Big reveal, big, big reveal, a complete remake of Demon's Souls. Let's see that. I was not, I, the rumor's been out for a while that Blue Plant was working on that, but mm-hmm. damn, that's, that's a full remake. And it looks beautiful. Oh, looks gorgeous. I was, uh, oh, I'm, I'm ready to eat it up. I, I only played a little bit of Demon's Souls, and this was way after, you yeah. know, like Dark Souls had come out. And so I'm really excited to dig my teeth into the OG Souls-like. Before there was a Souls-like, there, there was, was Demon's Demon Souls. Souls. Yes. Yeah, that looked good. Sackboy looks pretty good as a platformer. They actually, it was nice that they had a pretty big breadth of different games this time. I thought, yes. I was kind of concerned it was just going to be more of The Last of Us, you know, all these cinematic, <laughs> hardcore narrative games. Yeah. Uh, so it was nice to see all the different platformers and Sony kind of going back to the roots with Ratchet and Clank and mm-hmm. uh, no, and, and we get the the silly Sackboy game and like the little like playground game with a with a PS a PlayStation mascot. Like what was that? That that looked it it, it basically looks like Sony going. Eh, people liked Mario uh, Odyssey. Here, hey, this is like a Mario game. There you go. 
Ghostwire Tokyo looked uh, very interesting, a little spooky, but you get to do like magical spells uh, with your hands. And so I'm actually hoping it's it's almost like a like you do combos to like Doctor Strange it, which looked really fun. We had two games that involved um, death loops. One, of course, being Death Loop, and yep. then the other being that assassin game. Both had very similar story premises, so I'm surprised Wait, that they de put them... De Deathloop is the assassin game. Oh, crap. You mean, uh, Re Returnal, I think it was called? I'm I'm sorry. Uh, worst name of the reveal award goes to <laughs> Returnal. Returnal. Which sounds like a medical condition. <laughs> yeah, that's from a studio that's only made, like, bullet hells, and then they stopped making them because nobody, people weren't buying them enough. Uh, the, the Deathloop looked fun. Deathloop looked fun. Actually, it looked a lot, reminded me a lot of uh, Dishonored. Well, it's from the same developers. Oh, well then fuck, there you go. <laughs> we need to get your games journalist credentials taken away. I'm a commentator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, De Deathloop looked pretty good. It actually looks like, based on the trailer, it looked like Machine Games has actually been helping them because the, the shooting in that looks much better than what was in Prey. Spray was pretty rough on the combat side, at least in my opinion. No, and and a, like a lot of it is basically just reskinned, dishonored. Like the teleport, you got a, you got a guns, you have uh, swords. Uh, there's stealth, there's action, uh, which I'm okay with because I really enjoyed uh, Dishonored too. Yep, uh, but obviously the biggest reveal in that showcase was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn two, which looks stunning. Looks beautiful. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's great game. Two, happy, happy. The trailer says she's doing it alone, so it doesn't sound like there's co-op like the rumors indicated. But maybe there's something else that we haven't heard about yet. Maybe there's a secondary gameplay thing. Maybe there's an online thing. We don't know. My only concern that kind of came out of the Sony showcase is like, as far as I could see, like a lot of, I think the only two launch date reveals I saw were Spider-Man and Gran Turismo. Yeah. And a lot of those, a lot of those games weren't actually like PlayStation exclusives because oh. uh, quite a few of them are, you know, timed. Like Deathloop is timed. Uh, yeah, there is a good lack of lack of release dates in those trailers, interestingly. But I mean, I like I, I still think you know Spider-Man's enough to get you in on the launch. But for me, at least, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm sure they have more to announce too. I I, I still think they're gonna port the last of us 2 over as a launch title too that's just my hunch but uh yeah overall i think sony's sony's event was pretty good didn't didn't quite stack up to the escape of cindy showcase but uh you know <laughs> throwing down <laughs> that, that's my that's my shade for them taking our time slot <laughs> there you go as uh and you know as far as our bet goes listen uh they showed a camera i didn't even see the camera where is the camera uh, if you, uh, they, they showed the console, uh, then they showed the controller, uh, a headset, and a camera. Boom. There's a, there's a camera. It's right there. That's a, that's one for me. And if we're grading on a curve, you know, you, you know, <laughs> you know more than me. Uh, so let's, you know, what's the curve that I still lost. Oh, here, Nick, you won. Thank you. Now I never have to hear that thing again. Quick note on the console. You know, we are, we're already getting two editions. 
they've announced two editions of their console, which means once again, they're doing this kind of BS pricing system. I am going to imagine what that means is uh, the console price is going to be very, very expensive probably more expensive than what we're used to obviously just inflation in general I, th I think i think it's gonna be a matter of 50 bucks between the two i think it's gonna be 400 for the main console for the disk drive console and then 350 for the not disk drive console okay i and i'm i'm saying uh what i'm saying is probably base is gonna be 600 it's gonna be 599. nah they learned their lesson with the ps3 on that Pump it up. Pump up those numbers. Doesn't matter what they cost, because I'm sure Xbox is going to undercut them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, it, you know what? A fun fun reveal. Lots of fun games. Uh, it, all, it all looked good. They did a good job. But I think uh, Xbox was smart in waiting till July, because now they've seen what they, <laughs> they're stacked up against, and they've been working on tons of shit behind the scenes, so I'm actually... I kind of knew what to expect from PS5, as evidenced by my guesses mm -hmm. xbox i have no idea and i'm really excited for that like they're the underdog i'm excited to see them come back and be like in my face just give it to me <laughs> and yeah and i i i just i just couldn't care less about xbox uh, it's okay just go watch our indie showcase again that's this week's escape a show i'm the big loser i'm gonna go smash my sound machine uh ps5 indie games so many games Thanks for coming once again. My name is Jack Packard. This is why I'm a semi-professional video game enjoyer. I'm Nick Calendra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist and destroyer of Jack's fun. Bye, fucker. <laughs> it's so much fun.